Welcome to Whatever Happened to Pizza at McDonald's, the podcast where I ask the question, Whatever Happened to the Pizza at McDonald's? I'm your host, Brian Thompson. It is my most fervent hope that I will soon be able to return to my primary investigation, the inquest into why McDonald's stopped serving pizza in the early to mid-1990s. Unfortunately, current events keep occurring that require my immediate attention and comment. Last week, I was forced to expose Newsmax host Greg Kelly as the teller of untruths, after proving that despite his claims, his local McDonald's has not, in fact, stopped serving fish. I have yet to receive a response from Mr. Kelly, and I do not anticipate doing so in the near future. It is only human nature to feel a debilitating sense of embarrassment after being humiliated in such a public manner, so I would actually be surprised if he came out of his shame-fueled seclusion for anything other than hosting his television program or posting more tweets on Twitter.com. But I am quite humbled to say many have described me as magnanimous— and when they do so, I believe it is because I possess the type of personality that allows me to extend even to a proven fabulist like Greg Kelly the best of wishes. I also hope he has since returned to his local McDonald's and tried the fish. Unfortunately, Mr. Kelly's fish story is not the only distraction that has apprehended my time over the past week. There have been so many, in fact, that I simply cannot devote an entire episode of my program to each without monopolizing my schedule for the rest of the fiscal quarter. So many McDonald's pizza-adjacent events have occurred in such a short period of time that I have even begun to reconsider my opinion of ethnobotanist, philosopher, and shaman Terence McKenna whose theory of temporal novelty stated that we have entered into a time where events are occurring at a more rapid pace, thus resulting in our perception of time as having been sped up. Previously, I had dismissed this theory as the raving of a drug-addled lunatic. But after this week, I am beginning to think perhaps I was mistaken, and this theory of temporal novelty is, in fact, the truth-telling of a drug-addled lunatic. Be that as it may, I will now attempt to address all relevant current events in a manner that maximizes thoroughness while also maximizing brevity. As longtime listeners may recall, a few weeks ago I suffered a minor medical accident after gluing a wig to my head so that I could go undercover to infiltrate a shampoo factory for evidence of McDonald's pizza-related management textbooks. Unfortunately, however, my plight was not publicized in time to save another person from a similar fate. Louisiana resident Tessica Brown went metaphorically viral after she posted a video in which she told of how she ran out of her normal hairspray and instead held her hair in place with Gorilla Glue. Yo, look, my hair, it don't move. You hear what I'm telling you? It don't move. I've washed my hair 15 times and it don't move. Ms. Brown visited the emergency room to have the glue removed, but when medical professionals attempted to dissolve it using an acetone solution, Ms. Brown suffered too much burning on her scalp to continue the procedure. This is remarkably similar to my personal experience gluing a wig to my head. I did not use Gorilla Glue, but instead used Crazy Glue brand glue. 
This was for no reason other than the fact that the crazy glue was in the discount bin at my local hardware store, no doubt because the brand is being phased out due to its ableist name. But the effect was very similar, and the solution offered by the crazy glue spokesperson with whom I spoke on the telephone was exactly the same. After briefly letting slip that it was actually quite dangerous to apply acetone, a.k.a. nail polish remover, to my scalp, she instructed me to apply acetone, a.k.a. nail polish remover, to my scalp. Thankfully, I was able to successfully dissolve the glue after soaking my head in the solution, and experienced only minor head and brain swelling that resulted in very little permanent damage to my cognitive ability. Miss Brown was not so lucky. But in a way, she was quite lucky indeed, as she was flown to Los Angeles and treated by a plastic surgeon, who was able to remove the glue through the miraculous process of placing Miss Brown under anesthesia and dissolving the glue with acetone, a.k.a. nail polish remover. I wish Miss Brown and her surgeon all the best, although I am somewhat dismayed to know that this surgeon did not offer to remove the glue from my head, even though I am already local to Los Angeles and would not have to be gifted an expensive airplane ticket. I would only require a far less pricey round-trip ride in a stretch limousine, as COVID concerns would require me to be separated from the driver by at least six feet of space, plus a soundproof screen and possibly a minibar. Moving on, this week also saw several notable incidents regarding various McDonald's menu items, the first of which being a bit of pandemonium caused by McDonald's including as the toy and their Happy Meal meals a package of exclusive Pokémon cards. For those who are not gamers like myself, Pokemon is a card game where players battle each other using cards that depict monsters made out of poke, which is a type of diced raw fish. It is a very popular game with children, as playing it releases a pleasant rush of adrenaline due to a child's inherent fear of monsters. It is similar to the sense of euphoria many people feel when riding a roller coaster or attempting to sneak past security at McDonald's World Headquarters. However, Pokémon is also a very popular game with adults, who enjoy the endorphin rush caused by flaunting the fact that they are no longer afraid of monsters. In a way, when an adult takes part in a Pokémon match, each play of a card is a kind of brag. Here is an example of an adult experiencing just such an endorphin rush while revealing the cards he obtained in his Happy Meal pack. Oh gosh, I see a hollow already. It is a, from the looks of it, a Grookey. I don't know what a Grookey is, but here we go. There's your first card right there, holographic Grookey. And then I have a Froki and a Tapig. I think this is like a later generation Pokemon. And a, and a Chimchar, obviously, so. Obviously. But the split demographic of the Pokémon fanatic base resulted in quite a bit of conflict regarding these cards in the Happy Meal meals, since only adults with their own cars, Uber Eats accounts, and residual earnings from their GameStop short squeeze were able to purchase the meals. One listener, who works as an Uber Eats driver, informed me that he received an order for nearly a gross of Happy Meal meals from an adult Pokémon player. 
a gentleman who earned some criticism for buying out his local McDonald's entire supply of Pokémon Happy Meal meals, thus depriving all the children in his neighborhood of their delectably frightful monster cards, justified his decision by claiming he would distribute the food from his Pokémon Happy Meal meals to the homeless. Which gave me an interesting idea. I am, of course, too busy as an investigative journalist to spend any time lobbying Congress. But perhaps someone advocating for a universal basic income could successfully persuade their representatives into signing such a bill, were they to wrap it around a booster pack of Magic the Gathering cards guaranteed to contain at least one mythic rare. Next on the list of news items I am forced to address before continuing my investigation is the return of the high sea orange lava burst beverage to McDonald's soda fountains. Four years ago, this beverage was replaced by Sprite Tropic Berry, which was manufactured by the Coca-Cola Corporation exclusively for distribution at McDonald's. I do not know for certain, but I believe the introduction of Sprite Tropic Berry was a move to compete with the drink menu at rival fast food restaurant Taco Bell, which in recent years has grown to include many fruit-themed sodas as well as a range of items that I believe are basically cups of melted Starburst candies. According to McDonald's, High Sea Orange Lava Burst was brought back due to an overwhelming outcry from fans of the drink, but this claim raises some questions. If High Sea Orange Lava Burst was so popular, why was it marked for elimination when the Coca-Cola Corporation introduced their unproven Sprite Tropic Berry concoction? And if the outcry from customers was so overwhelming, why did it take four years for the drink to return? To quickly address each of these questions so that I may move on to a more interesting topic, customer desires clearly played no part either in the elimination of high sea orange lava burst from the McDonald's menu or in its return. It was removed from soda fountains due to demands from the Coca-Cola Corporation, one of McDonald's most important business partners. For tax reasons, soda companies must release any flavor their scientists devise in the laboratory, no matter how undesirable or objectively gross. Rather than placing Sprite Tropic Berry into stores where someone might actually purchase it, Coca-Cola took the calculated risk that by replacing High Sea Orange Lava Burst, Sprite Tropic Berry would be banished to the far end of the McDonald's soda fountain which is only used in the rare, desperate instances when employees do not use the correct amount of syrup for the actually desirable beverages. As such, any illness or death likely to result from the consumption of Sprite Tropic Berry would occur in numbers statistically small enough that the Coca-Cola Corporation would not be forced to institute an expensive recall or pay for any customer's funeral costs. It is true that when someone passes away after consuming a meal at McDonald's, it is historically quite difficult to prove in court which item was the culprit. But I understand the Coca-Cola company would not want to take that risk, especially with a drink as objectively ill-advised as Sprite Tropic Berry. As to why High Sea Orange Lava Burst has returned, I believe it has nothing at all to do with the ludicrous notion of public outcry. Instead, it is likely the Coca-Cola Corporation has simply run out of its supply of Sprite Tropic Berry, a process which took four years because of how few people would ever choose to fill their cups with it. I only hope the endeavor had minimal impact in terms of body count. 
thankfully, high sea orange lava burst is proven to be quite safe to drink, as documented by the YouTube.com food critic Tyler McCracker Jacker, who reviewed the boxed version of the drink. Very nice flavor. Doesn't taste entirely artificial, but it tastes kind of artificial with that. It's nice going down on the throat. I think it's it's, it's, it's not very it's not very uh, acidic compared to orange juice. This is pasteurized, of course, it'll be or else you get like hepatitis every time you drink one of these, but. Thank you, Tyler McCracker Jacker. I am glad you did not catch hepatitis from drinking your high C. Finally, I was somewhat shocked and dismayed to notice the number of replies to McDonald's Twitter.com post about the return of high C orange lava burst that called for the return of another discontinued menu item McDonald Land cookies. Shocked because I have no idea why anyone would wish for the return of these cookies, and dismayed because the relative scarcity of comments calling for the return of McDonald's pizza means my educational efforts have fallen very short of my quarterly goal. Yet, I read dozens of messages, such as this one, from Sherry Gowdy, who writes, quote, Do McDonald land cookies next? Unquote. Or this one from Bobber Deuce, who writes, quote, Maybe you can talk about those McDonald Land cookies next. Remember those? Them shits was good. Unquote. McDonald Land cookies did not even feature any flavorful ingredients such as chocolate chips. McDonald similarly discontinued their dry, hard chocolate chip cookies some time ago, but they have since replaced them with chocolate chip cookies injected with a space-age moisture simulation polymer that grants them the pliability and mouthfeel of a freshly baked cookie if not the chemical composition. By contrast, the McDonald Land cookies were simply small sheets of hardened, flavorless dough stamped into the shapes of characters from the McDonald Land universe of monsters, mutants, and human food hybrid abominations, such as Mayor McCheese. Indeed, I believe it is in part because of these shapes that the cookies were discontinued. One of these characters, the Hamburglar, is nothing more than a common criminal, and though some might see eating him as a form of justice, the very act would be considered offensive to some of McDonald's most loyal customers, anti-capital punishment Catholics who love the filet fish The same goes for notorious McDonaldland character Captain Crook, whose name speaks for itself. However, unlike McDonald's pizza, the McDonaldland cookies are still available in the country-slash-continent of Australia where having characters in the shapes of criminals is seen as a proud celebration of colonial Australian heritage. As a public service, and in no way because I am at all interested in obtaining them for myself, I contacted an Australian McDonald's to see if I could obtain some of these items for those poor souls on Twitter.com who so desperately want them. Hello, do you serve McDonald Land cookies? Do you serve McDonald Land cookies? Yes, correct. Would it be possible to have a bag of those shipped to the United States? No, unfortunately not. You're going to have to go through a third party to get that done. Oh, okay. Just not enough people asking for that service? Yeah. 
Okay, not surprising. Thank you very much for your candor. And now a word from our sponsor. Many of us have faced this difficult surprise. You have just taken the eye exam at your local office of the Department of Motor Vehicles and have been told your vision is too impaired for you to drive safely without assistance. You get in your car and drive to the glasses store, only to learn glasses are much too expensive, especially after how much they say you will have to pay to replace the window you drove through. You get back in your car and attempt to return to the office of the Department of Motor Vehicles so you can appeal the decision regarding your vision impairment. But on the way, you mistake the air for a road and drive off a cliff. Eliminate almost all of these hassles with Zenny Optical. Zenny Optical provides glasses at a fraction of the price of the leading glasses store. Even better, since they are a website, they do not have a window in which you can crash. Zenny Optical. As soon as you are discharged from the hospital, buy some cheap glasses. Thank you for listening to Whatever Happened to Pizza at McDonald's. Personalized copies of my best-selling book, How to Be an Investigative Journalist, are now available. For more information, visit howtobeaninvestigativejournalist.com. For exclusive bonus podcasts and other premium benefits, please consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash pizza at McD's. Do you know what happened to Pizza at McDonald's? Do you remember it? Please send all correspondence to pizzaatmcdonalds at gmail.com. For more information, please visit our attractive website at www.pizzaatmcdonalds.com. There you will find links to our Twitter and Instagram pages, as well as to our newsletter and tea Public store, where you may purchase quality Whatever Happened to Pizza at McDonald's merchandise. I'm Brian Thompson. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.